Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode, we're going to cover three surprising and honestly weird ways to get your picky eater to try new foods. I'm excited for this episode. I think it's going to be kind of funny, kind of lighthearted, and we all need that. Honestly, we all need that. Feeding picky kids is so, so hard, and sometimes we can get a little hyper-focused, a little stressed, overwhelmed, anxious, worried, all of the things. I've been there too, and I totally understand that it can get really serious really fast and really scary, right? When we don't see our kids eating what we feel like is enough, enough protein, maybe they haven't touched a vegetable in years, and it can get really worrisome. And sometimes that seriousness comes to the table with us, even if it's not on purpose. It's just like a cloud of seriousness. And, you know, today's episode is just a little something to lighten it up, to keep it easy, to keep it fresh, um, to maybe change our perspective a little bit around it, and also get our kids a little bit more relaxed at the table. We all know kids love to have fun. Having fun is one of their like primary buckets that they need to fill uh, some way to have fun. And so why not bring a little of that fun to the table. And that's what we're going to break down today. So today we're going to talk about the three weird ways that you can get your little ones to try new foods, to eat um, their food in front of them, all of the things. So before we dive in there, I do want to say a quick thank you to everyone who's written this podcast, a review. I really appreciate it. It's not only helpful to keep me going and Um, focused on you and what you're struggling with at home so that I can continue to show up and teach you the things that you need to have in your home to help pick eating. But it also actually pushes this podcast out to other parents just like you. So if you have found this podcast at all helpful, even if it's just been one small nugget of information that has helped you at the dinner time feel a little more peaceful, help your little one, please take a minute. It's completely for free. Write a written review. It can be as easy as one word, great even is a great option, right? It doesn't matter. Um, Just writing your thoughts down in that review section actually helps this podcast be seen by more people. So thank you to those who have already done it. It means the world to me. I read every single review and thank you in advance to those who are going to do it today. Is that you? I hope that's you. All right, let's hop into the episode. I want to take a quick second and remind you of my free picky eating guide. If you haven't downloaded this guide yet, take a second and click the link in the show notes below and download your copy today. It's eight pages long and you'll learn the five pillars of parenting a picky eater that not only make this podcast make way more sense, but it'll also help you jumpstart a more peaceful experience at the table. The best part is it's absolutely free and will be delivered directly to your inbox. All right, now back to the show. All right. So one of the weirdest ways that I've helped my kids, but also the kids inside my Table Talk membership, um, for those of you who don't know, that's the community that you can be a part of when you join my Table Talk uh, course. It's self-paced pick eating course. You can get at least a free month inside the Table Talk community and then continue on with us in there to ask questions from me to get support from other parents. But one of the ways that I've helped other parents get their kids to try something new is actually to let your little one 
feed you. This is going to feel really unnatural. It's going to feel weird. But at the same time, this is often the experience that our kid has when we're trying to feed them. So it's kind of nice to do this little mini role reversal. And honestly, this is so helpful in every area of your life, but especially with your kids. Have a little role reversal. Let them feed you foods, especially foods that they're uncomfortable around or foods that you're uncomfortable around. We all have food preferences, right? And we all know that there's differences between having food preferences and being picky. And as adults, we're not all picky, right? There's some of us, I see you out there, but a lot of us do have food preferences. For example, two of my least favorite foods, olives and mushrooms. And so my son loves to order olives on his pizza just to spite me. I'm pretty sure he loves to put black olives on his pizza. His grandpa loves it too. His aunt loves it. So he puts olives on his pizza and he loves asking me if I want to take a bite. And in the past, there have been moments where I'm like, I guess I'll try it. And I kind of him and haw and, you know, kind of almost in a playful, fun way, this is not like a judgmental shame way, kind of uh, reflect his behavior back to me when he's been picky or rejection of meals. This is not like going above and beyond, rubbing it in his face, trying to make him realize that I'm acting like him, but very similar behaviors or sentences that I might see him do. And then I overcome it. I say something like, but I can just try it, but I can, I can be brave, but I am interested kind of what that tastes like, but it's been a while since I've tried it. So I'm going to try it again. So I'll kind of say something like that, that overcomes it, that verbalizes what's going on inside my head and why I'm deciding to take another bite. But that actually kind of looks appealing today, or I haven't had olives in a long time, you know, whatever that might be. And then I'll take a bite. And he loves the look on my face because surprise, surprise, I still don't like olives. (laughs) So usually I'm like, that's not for me. And this is really important to model the behavior we want them to exhibit when they don't like a food, right? We don't want them to go, oh, that's so disgusting. I can't believe you made me eat that. And they start crying and they spit it out and they throw it across the room and they're throwing a big fit and their arms are wailing and their feet are wailing and all the things, right? That's not the behavior we show. I usually say something like, it's not for me, not today, not today. Maybe I'll try again another day. And then I kind of put it to the side or move on, swallow it and eat something else to wash it down. That's always how we describe it in our ha- in our home. But letting them feed you not only foods that they're uncomfortable around, but foods you're even uncomfortable around is such a great modeling experience and such a great opportunity to show them how to try something new, how to be uncomfortable, how to push through it, and how also to overcome um, a food that you had previously not liked. So for me, like I said, mushrooms are one of my least favorite foods. I still don't love mushrooms like raw in a salad, but I've gotten over not like mushrooms. I actually cook them. I chop them down. I started out really small. I use honestly all the same tips that I teach you inside um, the table talk course. I use those for myself around mushrooms. And so now my kids know that I've kind of changed my tune on mushrooms a little bit here and there. Still highly depends on the texture of them and how they're cooked and uh, what else is a part of them. Like you're not going to find me eating probably a portobello burger anytime soon. But um, my kids love to see me eat mushrooms because it's fun for them to see themselves reflected in me, to see me be brave, to see me try something new. Uh, My son, who is a little bit of a perfectionist, which um, I think a lot of people can relate to with their firstborns typically, tends to think that I do everything perfectly. My husband does everything perfectly. Adults do everything perfectly. And he's the only one that screws up. And we constantly have to remind him that we've had 30 years of experience. I've been practicing soccer for 30 years. I've been practicing, you know, video games for 30 years. I've been practicing writing the letters 
you know, of my name for 30 years, whatever it might be uh, that he's struggling with, um, I have to remind him and I have to show him when I make mistakes and verbalize how those mistakes are coming up for me internally, that usually it's just internal work. I try to verbalize it out loud, what I'm experiencing, how I'm feeling when I make a mistake, that I can try again, that it's okay to get things wrong sometimes, that I can move on. I have to verbalize that in front of him. And the same thing goes for food. So this is such a great opportunity to teach our kids so much around food and being picky and trying new things uh, is actually letting them feed us. Now, if you cannot feel like you're gonna say the right thing or do the right thing or respond the right way, Maybe for you, it's simply just doing. You don't have to say anything, okay? And again, reminder here, we're not always gonna get it right all the time, but we don't need to be like sitting in fear of trying something because we're gonna traumatize our kid or say the wrong thing and then it's all gonna make it worse and spiral and all the things, right? We don't have to sit in that fear. It's okay, everything is fixable. However, if you feel really uncomfortable with this and you're like, I just don't know, I don't know how I'd respond, I don't want you know, it to go this way or that way, simply just take a bite. Simply just let them put it on their fork and feed it to you take a bite, swallow it and move on. You don't have to do anything else. That is enough. Typically, that is enough for them to start going, hmm, maybe I can trust this food. Hmm, maybe if mom ate it, I can eat it, right? And they just it just gets their gears turning. Now, don't expect this to work right away, although it might. Um, but don't expect for this to turn out perfectly every time you do it. But it is one of the tools in your tool belt that you can try here and there to um, get your little one to eat in kind of a funny way. And so good for us too to be in the seat of like discomfort, right? And oh, I have to eat off this baby spoon and oh, they're going to feed me. Maybe the bite's going to be too big or too small or oh, it's a food I don't really love. Uh, whatever it is, it's such a good experience for us as parents to be in the seat of discomfort because it's so uncommon once we become the parent, right? Um, to purposely put ourselves in that position. So let them feed you. Maybe even close your eyes, you know, make it kind of fun. It can be uh, a great experience for both of you. All right, number two is to make up little stories, characters, or even identities for the food. This one is so fun and so out of our comfort zone as parents because it's in that like pretend play area or arena um, that a lot of adults aren't super comfortable in anymore. We've grown out of that phase and it can be hard to play pretend and make up stories, especially when you have a little one telling you you're doing it wrong. And you're like, how am I doing this wrong? There's only one way to play pretend you get to pretend. And yet still we get it wrong, right? Or maybe that's just in my home, but I get it wrong all the time. I'm sitting the wrong place. The dolly wants something different. How could I think that that's the scenario they're in? But I'm always wrong. But this can be a really fun experience to do with food. Um, One kind of famed example that I've taught up, down and sideways. So maybe you've heard this before, but it bears repeating is the Brussels sprouts for my son. My son was obviously not a big fan of Brussels sprouts. I mean, who can blame him, right? Although they were delicious. Um, And he had quarters of Brussels sprouts in his bowl. And I started talking about brother Brussels sprout and sister Brussels sprout and daddy Brussels sprout and mommy Brussels sprout based on their size, which of course can be completely different in anyone's home and family. But what was really helpful is they represented our family. And he was about to become a big brother and he was getting really excited. And especially once his baby sister came, even more excited to have a big brother broccoli or a big brother Brussels sprout or a big brother carrot, whatever it is. And start to like play little games or talk back and forth or he loved for better for worse eating the baby ones first and then the big brother ones and then the mommy ones and then the daddy ones all in order and it started with just the baby ones which 
Who knows if that's actually good to teach him to eat babies, right? (laughs) Eat baby Brussels sprouts, that is. But he would eat the baby Brussels sprouts and then those were all gone and he would find the next biggest size. And he, in his own way, was building a stair stepper or a staircase up to trying the bigger size that maybe scared him or worried him. Um, He was tasting it. He was He was testing it. He was interested in it. He was playing with it. He was touching it. He was feeling it. So this may not work for your kid in the way that it did for my son. The first time we did this, he ate his entire bowl of Brussels sprouts, but it started him somewhere, right? Just talking about it, just looking at them, giving them identities, laughing about them creates a positive connotation. So that is so powerful. So find ways that you can make up stories or even give identities to your food make it really fun and interactive. Whatever they're interested in um, is a great way to do that as well. Okay, I want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's podcast episode, not only for sponsoring, but also for the work that they do. Today's episode is sponsored by Safe Beginnings First Aid and CPR course. Holly from Safe Beginnings believes that being able to confidently react in an emergency is the peace of mind that every family deserves. And I agree. I want you to feel empowered to keep your family safe by taking her online first aid and CPR course, just like I did. I have taken a lot of CPR trainings over the years, and Holly's is by far my favorite. It's clear, concise, easy to follow, and truly puts your mind at ease as a mom. No matter the age or stage of your little one, this course is a must take. A quote I once heard by Max Mayfield has always stuck with me, and I want to share it with you. He says, preparation through education is less costly than learning through tragedy. And I don't want to be a downer, but this could not be more true when it comes to our kids. It's time to start feeling confident at the table, and I want you to get started today by clicking the link in the description box below and use my code Alyssa20 for 20% off. Trust me, this is a decision you will not regret. All right, now back to the show. All right. And then number three, uh, kind of a weird way to get your little one to try new foods is come up with a secret ingredient. So this is really um, helpful for us, especially with mixed dishes. I love to talk about a secret ingredient. Can anyone spot it? Uh, Let's play I spy with what's in our food. But a big one is the secret ingredient. My kids love a good secret ingredient. They love to guess it. They love to taste it and think to themselves, hmm, what am I tasting here? And it really clues them in to connect what they're tasting, what they're eating with their brain. Um, And connecting those patterns is really cementing it in them that I can eat mixed foods. I can try new things. I can decipher what I'm eating. This food is no longer shrouded in mystery because it's a mixed casserole and I have no idea what's in it. I can be able, I am I am capable of taking a bite and sifting through all the different flavors and figuring it out. Now, this takes time. And the first time they do it, they're going to guess crazy wild things. Uh, they're going to get better at this over time. But it's really fun to do, uh, especially now with siblings and talking through it as a family to identify what's in it. And a lot of times I pick something to start with when I start with this game with my kids, really obvious. So it's, you know, it's the green thing is broccoli or whatever uh, that they can visually see. But the other night we were eating curry and uh, there was honey in there. Obviously honey is not visually like 
they're not going to see it, honey spread in there. However, they can taste it. And so they've gotten better and better at this game, kind of refining their palate, if you will. <laughs> but um, it really does. And eventually they guessed honey and they were so excited that and we ended up bringing out the honey and putting a little bit on top. And so, you know, things like that to get them interested in what they're eating, to get them explaining how things are tasting and recognizing different foods and ingredients are going into this food that feels overwhelming and mysterious is really fun. Um, the other thing too, with this game of kind of finding a secret ingredient is be creative. Uh, maybe put something kind of funny in that food. Maybe the first time you do it, it's a food that they like is a secret ingredient. So maybe your kid really loves strawberries and you put strawberries in their oatmeal. And so you're like, oh, what's the secret ingredient? What's the secret ingredient? And see if they can figure it out. And it's a food that they already love. And now they're identifying and connecting Oh, oatmeal and strawberries. I love strawberries. I love oatmeal and strawberries, right? And so we're starting to kind of connect those dots for them can be really, really helpful. So, but also don't be afraid to like get a little silly or a little weird with it of what foods you're putting in um, their mixed dishes or whatever it might be. Obviously make it taste good. We want them to keep eating it, right? But something that's kind of a little more unique or a little bit more um, exciting for them. My kids love cinnamon. So cinnamon's a great one to put into almost any sort of dish. It actually goes really well in things like chili and curry and um, things of that nature. But also we put it in oatmeal, we put it in applesauce, all these other sorts of foods. And it's a fun one to add because it's so simple and it can go in both savory and sweet options. So that could be a great one, but find foods that your kids maybe are already comfortable with, start there, but then you can really branch out. So that's kind of a fun, unique, weird way to get your kids to eat new foods. All right. I hope this episode was helpful for you. I hope you're walking away with fun ideas and actionable content that you can put into practice in your home as soon as literally today. So if it helps you, let me know. I would love to hear from you over on Instagram or simply leave a review for the podcast and let me know that you loved this episode in particular. All right. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at nutrition for littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at Alyssa at nutrition for littles.com. All right. Until next time, mamas.